Happy spring. This is Heidi Hatch with KUTV. I am joined in studio here in the podcast room with Rob Timmerman and also a first-timer to the podcast room. This will be exciting. Lieutenant Jeff Adams, thank you so much for being with us. We are going to be talking about tough topics. Tough topics. I can't even spit that out to talk to our kids about. And one of them is about drinking. And every time we get to the start of school or a big change that's going on, it is time to talk about that. And right now with spring break, our kids might be hanging out with more friends, maybe not with us as much as they they are going out to parties. And so we just want to make sure that before our kids go out and do that, that we talk to them if we haven't already. So thank you for being here and being willing to have this conversation. I know this is a weird time to be having it because we've been in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know about your kids. Mine are uh, 20 right now and 15, and my 20-year-old goes to Utah State. They don't hardly have any classes in person, and mostly they have to stay at their own dorms without friends there. And then my 15-year-old, I don't think, sees friends outside of school and soccer practice. So there's not a lot of friends and hanging out going on. I know our kids are in different situations, but uh, the fun is probably going to be returning again. How about your kids? Have they been hanging out doing anything? Yours are young. Let's start with you. Yes. So there's no parties and like hanging out at the neighbors (laughs) quite yet. Not yet. (laughs) Oh man. And it's scary to think about that sort of Sort of stuff, I, I, you know, the, I've got an eight-year-old, right? And so, and this is Rob talking this here. Is, hi, I'm Rob. Um, happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, I have an eight-year-old, and she's just the sweetest thing. She is my rule follower. And I know now um, that I can have these easy conversations with She'll her. She'll parent you someday. Good luck with she that. She'll parent <laughs> me someday. We can, have, we can have easy conversations at this point with her. And um, j- something just real quick. Okay, so I've got an eight-year-old. Next year, she'll be nine. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that parents start talking to their kids by age nine about alcohol and about not drinking underage. And Isn't that crazy? There's a whole bunch of reasons why, um, but really simplistically, um, when you're like seven, eight, nine, you have this negative thought of alcohol. But by the time you're nine, you start thinking and seeing TV commercials, you see ads on um, billboards and everything of, of these people having fun. And so you're your understanding of alcohol starts to change. You become a little bit more accepting. And so so really, even at age eight with my daughter, I can start talking to her about not drinking underage and, and giving her kind of the really simple and subtle reasons why uh, her, um, her brain's different and it's developing differently and she needs to stay away from alcohol until her brain's developed. I love that. And I think sometimes the younger we talk to kids about tough topics, they don't become uncomfortable, weird, shocking things. I've talked about this before, but my kids have a fairly open relationship with us where they feel like they can say just about anything. I don't know if it's the reporter in me because I'm always asking them questions the and interviewing questions. their friends and they come over. So there's really nothing off limits because when your mom's telling bedtime stories on the news that are sometimes the most awful things that happen in life, I think sometimes you talk about those and it makes it easier. Uh, your kids are a little bit older, um, Jeff. So your kids, are they going to be doing any spring breaking on their own, or are you still under uh, family lockdown and uh, <laughs> they're going to be hanging out with Lieutenant Dad? Uh, I, I, hopefully we're under family lockdown. <laughs> I, I think that uh, my kids will, um, they may be going out and having a little bit of fun, but uh, I, I do like what Rob has said about talking uh, to our kids early. I know in, in my home it's been uh, s- similar to, to yours. I have a very open relationship with my children, and and it's been great to be able to um, talk to them about tough topics, but also uh, they feel very comfortable coming to me and asking me about uh, about things that they've heard that 
that may or may not be true, things that may be uh, difficult to talk to anybody. Um, and so uh, th- that communication, that open relationship between me and my children, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really benefited all of us and, and, and helped us along the way. But as far as uh, our kids getting out, I, I do, uh, I try and find the good in uh, the pandemic. And one of the good things that I've really just uh, have loved has been able to um, really focus on my younger kids. My, my youngest is 12, and although his keyboard may be worn out from computer gaming and being stuck inside, um, his ears probably have also been worn out from me chirping in his ear and talking to him about different things. So it's been great, uh, you know, for me to be able to be home and, and try and um, coach them through some difficult uh difficult things. So. I think there's very few silver linings to the pandemic, but I would say the same. I think I've spent more time and maybe quality time with my kids, whether they liked it or not, in the last year than we do generally, because usually they're off and running in different places. So that's been a good thing. But you mentioned uh, your son being online. I know mine has too. And that's one of the concerns uh, for parents, because we think that we always know what our kids are up to and who they're talking to. And as forward thinking as I am with that, I realized recently, it was probably a year ago, that when my son was playing some of these games, he was talking to people in Ohio, and he had fairly tight relationships with them. And one of them wasn't exactly going as planned, and I didn't find out about it after the fact until he was really upset. So I feel like that's one of the things when your kids are online that you really have to know who they're talking to, not just in their real life, but their online life, because there's a lot of influence that comes from that direction, too, when they're simply playing video games. Absolutely, absolutely. My my son, uh, his best friend, lives in Idaho, um, and so uh, fortunately for us, we, we – we know that uh, family very well, and so we feel comfortable with that. But uh, there are so many um, uh, of his other friends that I have no idea who they are. And so it's uh, I, I do a lot of shoulder surfing just to listen to conversations, see what's going on, and do, do what I can to give him a little bit of space but also try and protect him a little bit. Um, it's, uh, it's a full-time job just trying to uh, watch out for them as as they are kind of venturing out into um into the online world i know and they feel like they don't need it but i tell my daughter who's even 20 that while she's an adult she's not really an adult she's an emerging adult and sometimes they need their parents looking out for them uh kids whether we think they are or not sometimes are hanging out with people we don't think so rob spring break is coming up what I, not everyone has the same relationship with their kids where they've been talking about this um, long term. Is this something you can start now, even if you've never been talking about, and really focus on spring break with your kids? Yeah, it's never too late to begin a conversation about um, not drinking underage. You're setting your rules and making sure that they're clear. It's never too late. One of the things that we like to talk about is taking the time to develop a bond with your kids. And with that bond, then you're able to kind of tell them about the boundaries that you have so we kind of have this threefold thing in in um, the parents empowered campaign and it's it's starting with a bond and then moving on to once you've established that bond then setting these boundaries for kids so in our case right now we're talking about not drinking underage and setting that clear rule for them not drinking underage and then comes the monitoring part and you you were just talking about how can you monitor your kids well if you've established that bond then you're able to uh to 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 have conversations that are open and free with your kids. So kids now are probably really excited for the spring break coming up. And whether or not your kids are going somewhere on a vacation, um, many parts of our, our state are opening up and 
and and people are excited to kind of get out yeah. and socialize again. Um, or if your kids are staying home, you may still be working, and now your kids don't have a place to go. They're not going to school. And so that monitoring piece. They've got free time on their hands. Yeah. And so you need to figure out what they're doing and, and check in. Um, you know, everybody's got cell phones now, or everybody's got a way to get at their kids, no matter where their kids are. Oh, I track my kids all the time. <laughs> so it's use the best it. though, because then you don't have to text them all the time. And I think our kids know that I track them, but they're not thinking about it all the time. And I love it. Yeah, Find my friends all the time. Use that technology to your advantage. Figure out where they are. And then you can text them. Just say, hey, just thinking about you today, eating my peanut butter sandwich. Uh, peanut butter jelly sandwich at lunch just wanted to see how you're doing um same thing even with spring break even if your kids are gone somewhere you can still text them uh let them know if you're kind of using that track my phone feature on their phone that you know where they are and just just have that conversation with them and be easy and light about it it doesn't need to be like i'm going to be watching you and i'm going to be uh making sure that you're not doing anything but if you've established that rule with them to not drink underage then they're going to be they're going to be less likely to do so. Yeah. My favorite thing to do, and I know that this doesn't work for everyone. My son is 15, and he's not allowed to have Snapchat yet. We have rules at our house where you earn different things when you've proven yourself with uh, social media. But my daughter does, and for some reason she hates it when I text her. But for some reason, I don't know if your kids use Snapchat at all, but my daughter, it's her preferred mode of speaking to people. And they never just write messages to each other. They always snap a weird, ugly face or whatever of themselves, what they're at, and then with a message back. And I found that that's one of the best ways to just be like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Because I'll snap a picture of myself at my desk or at home in my pajamas, whatever I'm doing. And she'll snap me back. And easily, it's an open way to be like, oh, look, this is where I'm at, or I'm with my friends, or I'm at my dorm, or I'm out having fun. And you're not even asking a question, but you get sort of an answer that you're looking for, which I think is kind of nice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, that's that's a great uh, thing for us to be able to have the technology <laughs> that, uh, in, a, in the palm of our hands to be able to connect uh, with our kids. Um, I think that, um, unfortunately, in from my side, you know, I've seen the the other side where there hasn't been a whole lot of communication between uh, the parents and the children, and um, and, and we have to get involved in, and uh, try and pick up the pieces of, of a shattered situation. So um, that communication between parent and child uh, is paramount. It's, it's so important. So let's talk about that. You see the enforcement side that most of us um, really don't see, and a lot of the parties that normally go on are not. But when we're talking about our kids getting access to alcohol, where are you seeing kids? Because you probably see kids out there where their parents think, oh, I'm doing an awesome job. I know where my kids are. They don't drink. They don't do this. But you're here to tell us there's kids that do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so the, the majority, uh, I, I can't remember the, the actual percentage, but uh, a lot of, sorry. I'm just going to make you closer to your microphone. Okay. There sorry about go. that. Keep Thanks. Going. A lot of the, uh, the youth, they are getting alcohol from home and from neighbors' homes, from friends' homes. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's something to be uh, uh, at least aware of and, and, and be cautious and, and protect the alcohol if you do have alcohol in your home and make sure that, uh, that it's not easily accessible. Um, as far as uh, other places where I've come in contact w- with the youth, I do work a, a lot of youth, um, uh, we call them youth alcohol operations, and, and they vary from uh, uh, venue to venue. Um, and 
so at, at concerts, at uh, at uh, I, I've worked several raves. Um, there have been parties on on uh, ranches in San Pete County that no one knew about. However, we knew about, and we were there. And then we deal with uh, individuals who are underage, drinking alcohol, possibly not even. Uh, shouldn't be in the state because they should be in another state. And then we call dad and, and try and get him to drive two states over to pick up his little girl. So, I mean, it's that communication, knowing where your kids are at and what they're doing, it's, it's super important. And that's one of the things that seems new to me. I feel like when we were all younger and in high school, there were specific dances or things that went on at school. But it seems to me with social media, there can be a house that somebody rents or, like you said, a farm and these things pop up. How do parents track that? Because you guys obviously figure out they're going on. How can we be watching to see if our kids are thinking about going to something like this? Because then you're not only worried about your kids going and drinking, but if they're on a farm in the middle of San Pete, they've got to get home somehow. And then not only do you have kids who are drinking, but kids who are drinking and driving. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, the best possible thing to do is to, is to have those conversations and know where your kids are, are going, where, uh, set timelines, set guidelines of when they need to check in, when they need to be back. And then also, uh, I, I'm a paranoid dad and a, a police officer uh, on top of that. And so, um, you know, my kids' social media accounts are my accounts. So I am I'm not opposed to uh, really figuring out who's talking about what uh, through social media and and actually, you know, taking an active role, role in trying to figure out w- what the conversations are about. So I know if I can relax a little bit or if I need to be concerned and, and try and offer some support and guidance to my children so that they can yeah. be safe. So. I'm the same. I'm probably a little more overprotective than I should be. And I think sometimes my kids are just like, go away. But I do think there's safety in feeling like your parents care. I follow a lot of their friends on social media, and I think that they think it's their nerdiest thing ever when their mom's following their friends. But I don't care. I want to know what they're up to, and I think it gives you a good window into who they're hanging out with and what they do and what their mindset is. And I think there's been one, when I think of all the kids over the years who I've tried to follow, that were like, uh, no thanks, hard pass on TV mom. <laughs> she cannot follow me. So I think it's fun because then you can talk to your kids about what's going on in their friends' lives and know what's going on but drinking sometimes comes down to instead of just these parties and social media but really talking to our kids Rob about the harms of underage drinking and I think it's easy to be like don't drink but kids sometimes want to know more than just don't drink do we need to explain the why and talk to them why we care so much about this yeah you can and like do it age appropriately right so you're going to say I'm going to say something to my eight-year-old daughter that that he would say differently to his his 12-year-old or 15-year-old Boy, you have got a 15-year-old. Yeah, 15-year-old boy, yeah. Yeah, so you'd say, you'd say things differently. Um, one of the things that we like to talk about is, is the future of, like, success and happiness. And that underage drinking can really derail some of those things. Um, so if you got a 12-year-old boy. Maybe he wants to be in a rock band or be, be a musician mm-hmm. or he's into sports or um, uh, wants to get a college scholarship, um, uh, you know, to, to cure cancer or something like that. Um, so putting it kind of in relatable terms, that alcohol could derail those dreams. Um, it, it could cause some some really serious damage. Um, kids that drink underage are more likely to 
uh, experience depression and suicide. We know that, that suicide and alcohol are related, and, and there's researchers studying it from both sides. We, we know that they're connected. Um, so talk with, talk with them again, age-appropriately, about some of those things, things that kids kind of understand and, and, and are in their world. Yeah. Um, and, and some of that can be goals and, and what's going on in the future. I love to talk about not just alcohol as a node too, but sometimes as a broader conversation of everything has consequences, whether it's good or bad, that we're fueling our bodies or hurting them. And I think if you put it as an overall conversation of what do I feed our, what do we feed ourselves so we can be awesome on the soccer field? That would be for my son. Or what do we do so our mind is the best it can be when we're going to school or working on those good grades or scholarships? And so it's not just a list of the don't do's, but maybe things that are good for him too. And then it's kind of an overall well-being uh, situation. What I don't know who can answer best on this, but there's families in our state who I think religiously don't drink at all, and so they kind of draw that as a line in their family. There's obviously families who drink. How do you show the difference to your kids of it's okay for adults to drink, but not for kids to drink? Anyone have great answers on that? Uh, <laughs> well, that's a good question. I I I don't know that I have the answer. I just know I, I know how I talk to. To my children, um, my, mine are a little bit older, and and <laughs> you know they, uh, you know, in 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 our family, we we don't drink alcohol. However, we have we have close friends that do, and and so it's I have to have that conversation with them. Well, there is an age limit, and there's reasons why. There's uh, there's there's health issues at stake. There's this and that. Your brain's still maturing. Mm-hmm. All of these problems, or not problems, sorry, all of these things that are going on within you, and. And so that's how come there's an age limit. But but what I like to do, I mean, my kids are a little bit older. I, I definitely uh, use the driving privilege, their their uh, their right to freedom, I guess, uh, under my household. Yeah. Uh, and, and I talk to them about that and, and and let them know that you know not only are there uh, you know health consequences and 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 things that could uh, uh, some some significant uh, consequences down the road, but there's some immediate things. You want to drive a car? Well, you get caught with a, a minor in possession or consumption of alcohol or um, like a, a not a drop. If you're actually driving the vehicle and you have alcohol in your system, then your license is going to get taken away. And and then daddy gets to drive you around and it will be a great time for us to have a talk. So, you know, I, I try and relate to them something that's important to them at that moment. They want to drive. They want. Yeah. They want that freedom to go places, and and uh, you know that's a that's something to to try and the, uh, consider and kind of let them think about and mull over in their head. Is it really worth you know having having some alcohol, or do I want you know a, a, a driver's license to be able to go to my friend's house or whatever? So absolutely. Is that something that you see differently at all when you're talking about? adults and whether children because you know the brain part's so important but obviously they're going to see different examples in their life of uh where drinking is acceptable i think we talked about the fact that kids are getting it from their friends houses and so that means the parents have the alcohol is this a conversation you have to have with other parents about what access is there when your kids are hanging out can you call friends up and be like hey where's your alcohol stored is it locked up is that kosher is that okay i think it can be if you want to take it there um, a- as a parent, you know, I guess that should be your right. If you, if, if you think it's a good idea to call up the other, um, the, your, your kids, friends, parents, and have that conversation, I think so. Um, I also think that you can trust your child in having those conversations with his friends. Um, 
I guess, and maybe, you know, who doesn't like to make more friends? Who doesn't like to be friendly to people? So, so yeah, if, if that means that you're going to call your, your son or your daughter's friends, parents, um, to, to figure out where they are and where they stand, uh, then maybe you can. Um, I think, too, though, then we get back to the, the whole concept of that bond that you've created yeah. with your child so that you know if your child ever gets into a situation where there may be alcohol, that that child can call you and you'll come and pick them up, no questions asked, um, and, and help them and make them feel safe. We, we often think about alcohol as this moral issue, and, and I think you know maybe to some extent we're right in doing so here in our state and in, in um, the culture that, that uh, we're a part of. Um, but really, it's a public health and, and safety and brain development issue. Alcohol doesn't care what religion you are. Um, no. And it doesn't, you know, if your brain is developing and, and you introduce alcohol, the harms can be, um, you know, pretty, can be pretty severe and, and can, 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 again, like I said earlier, mess up your future. And, and really, that's where we want to stick. It's, it's not that it's a moral issue. Under 21, it's the law. That's actually based on a lot of science. The brain isn't fully developed, um, you know, until mid-20s. And so the longer we can go without introducing alcohol to the brain, the less likely that uh, we're going to see alcohol dependence. Um, yeah. it's, and it, it, it's like exponential. Those habits are made early. You mentioned the law. I want to talk a little bit about this. So for parents who are talking to their kids about the legal ramifications, what are the repercussions if somebody's caught with alcohol at one of these parties that uh, you're out surveilling or what's happening out there? Yeah, so uh, typically if we need to get involved and, and we um, identify someone that's under, under the legal age to possess and consume alcohol, then, then they'll, uh, they'll get a, a, a citation. Um, there, it's a criminal offense, so there'll be a fine associated with that and most likely a probationary st- uh, period where they they need to stay out of trouble. Um, the the judge uh, can can order a whole a whole host of different uh, um, uh, different things to kind of tack on to it, such as uh, an assessment um, of the of the individual and and even educational classes um, that they need to complete. But also they can order that the individual's license be suspended um, and and that order would go to the driver's license division and, and then they take care of that. And it could be for a period of, of six months up to two years even. I mean, it's a, it's a hefty, yeah. a hefty deal when you're talking about a, a, a driver's license driving privilege. So, um, you know, that's, that's typically what will happen when we come in contact with them. We, um, you know, if they're if they're under eighteen, um, then we definitely make sure that parents uh, come and pick them up, or, or we try to. I mean, there's been several instances where that can't happen for whatever. Like I stated earlier, um, being not in, uh, not residing in the same state that the individuals in, or um, I've I've been to parties where we cited a fourteen year old and. Mom also was there partying with oh, man. with the children. So I mean, it's just it's not. Sometimes it's not a good situation. Not cut and dried, yeah. Yeah, and so we try and figure out the best way. Okay, how are we going to deal with this uh, situation? And we want to make sure that we are clear on on uh, on what we're communicating to the child or youth or and and to the mother or the father as well. So, um, but those are generally the the. Uh, 
the kind of repercussions of that if uh, if the individual um, is driving or in, possess- or, um, in possession of a vehicle and and uh, occupying that vehicle as a as a driver, then um, it's it, it's treated similarly as a as a DUI. Just any uh, they're not allowed to have any measurable amount of alcohol in their system, and so at that point, if we decide that we we feel there's enough. Uh, enough for us to request a chemical test then we'll we'll do a chemical test and and uh and it's called a uh what is it it's called not a drop okay it is and so at that point uh it really does affect their driving their driving uh, privileges down the roads i like to think that our kids can all have second chances with us and with the law if something like this happens do you see the same kids coming you obviously don't see them go through the full system with the judicial process, but do you feel like that getting caught is enough to teach them a lesson and to understand, or does this end up being a cycle because they're not hearing at home that this isn't okay? Yeah, you know, I apologize. Uh, no worries. That is, <laughs> that's that's another great question, and there's not, uh, I either, I, I kind of see both sides of things. I, I see some of the, the kids that are, um, just terrified that they're in trouble and because maybe they haven't been in trouble mm-hmm. before with the with the law or um, maybe it's something that they don't typically participate in and and yeah they got their hand caught in the cookie jar right so yeah. uh, those those individuals yeah I think it it can have a very straightening effect on them to to help get them in line and and on the right track and and be safe but um, there are others uh that are on the very other end of the spectrum where uh, home life isn't good um, and friends aren't good and uh, not a lot of structure or anything like that. So, um, you know, you issue a ticket to one of those individuals and it's it, it, it really doesn't mean anything. It kind of just kind of yeah. goes over their head and, and they don't think twice about it. So it's difficult. And then on on the same on uh, w- with the same token i mean we've come into contact with parents kind of the same way mm-hmm. there are, there are parents that come to pick up their children um they are very invested in their child's life they um there are clear expectations there have been boundaries set and 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 we kind of feel that you know maybe uh maybe they are going to receive a, a harsher punishment at home than they are from the courts and that's okay <laughs> but we'll hand them off and here you go yeah and then there are other parents that come to pick up their children that um maybe have uh, maybe don't know where to turn have kind of felt like they've lost hope uh you know and yeah. and uh they 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 really aren't as invested in that child's life. So. Well, hopefully this isn't just parents empowered. It can be aunts and uncles and grandparents and teachers because I think there's so many people that have an influence on our kids' lives. We like to think we're the only influence, and we certainly are an important influence, but there's so many other people that can be an influence on them. We've talked about getting to the point where they're actually drinking and caught, but before then, I think you mentioned, Rob, let your kids know that it's okay to call. And I think that's so important. Growing up, I was in a fairly strict uh, household. My parents were awesome, but there wasn't a lot of conversation about, um, I think, tough topics. 
And I went to a party in seventh grade, and kids are pretty young in seventh grade, and you wouldn't think this, but I hung out with good kids. I really didn't hang out with kids even through high school that drank, but I ended up at a party in seventh grade. How old are you then? 12, maybe 13, with my best friend, and they were drinking, and there was kids who were a whole lot older. I don't even remember why we were there. It was for someone in seventh grade. We got nervous. I didn't dare call my parents. Uh, If you're finding out about this now, mom and dad, I'm sorry. (laughs) My best friend's parents came and picked us up. And I just remember being so worried about calling them. And I just think it's so important now as an adult that I want my kids to know if they ever get themselves in a situation with their drinking, you know, have that conversation that no questions asked. I'll come pick you up. I'll pick your friends up. No worries. I would way rather go out there in the middle of the night in my pajamas, have to get dressed, do whatever, and go pick my kids up than have them stay someplace where they don't feel comfortable. They end up drinking and then we're on a slippery slope you can't fix. Yeah, right. I I have a colleague uh, and I, I use this all the time because I think it's brilliant. He uh, was raising his kids, so I don't have kids in seventh grade yet, and I'm, I'm scared. It's going to happen fast. <laughs> uh, but I'm having those conversations now, right? Um, but he was he was uh, mentioning, you know, his, his kids got together. They were going to a party in seventh grade, and um, he was driving them to the party. Okay. And as he's driving them to the party, he asks the kids in the back seat, "Hey, what are your favorite kind of chips?" Just to talk and have conversation, right? And so the kids, you know, I don't know, maybe they said Doritos or the wavy laser. I don't know what they said. Um, And so he drops them off at the party. And then like about an hour and a half later, he shows back up at the party with a couple bags of chips. Nice. Cool way to kind of be the cool dad, right? But then also his real intent was he was kind of checking out that party and making sure that his kids were safe there. So that might be an idea that you can use. I think it's really cool, and I really, as a, as a parent, strive to be the cool dad, right? I think a lot of us do. Um, but to have a relationship with your child so that your child feels comfortable in calling you and even your friend's kids um, feel comfortable that you're the one that's going to come pick them up if they do get into some trouble, if they do get into a situation at a party where there is alcohol, um, that, that you've established that relationship and they can call you and come and pick them up. Let's talk a little bit about those relationships. Both of you can jump in to make connections with our kids. We've been talking about how this pandemic year, we've spent a lot more time with our kids than we normally have. And sometimes I think I'm spending quality time, but we're in the same room on our devices, one on a laptop, one on their phone, and you're together, but not really doing things. Any ideas of how to make sure that you're bonding and having good conversations or connecting with your kids Chick-fil-A pickups are always helpful with my son, (laughs) but there's always something they want. Do you have anything you do with your kids when you're like, okay, we've got to do something other than be in the same room? Um, Yeah, we, you know, I'll be honest with you. The, the, the one thing that we love to do and not, uh, I mean, it's a, my wife owns a business and so she's super busy. She's always there. I'm at work. And then when I'm not here, I'm at her business working there. So, um, you know, oftentimes there's not, uh, th- th- there isn't a whole lot of one-on-one time with us, but we've made it a priority to to have a meal together. And sometimes, it, more times than not, my wife's going to kill me for saying this, but it's gathering every di- everyone together and eating out at uh, at a Chick Fil A or something. Uh, that whatever fa- it takes to get yeah, you in the same place. That yeah. FaceTime, sit sitting down with with my children, even if it's just for an hour. Um, you know. For, for a little bit where I can actually just put everything aside and communicate with them and talk to them and hear what they're struggling with and what they're thinking about. Um, you know, it's been, it's been so important for us, and that's something that we, we really uh, have made a priority. Um, it's y- you connect however, however you can. Sometimes we are on all on our devices, on our phones, on our yeah. tablets, 
uh, sorry, tablets. And, uh, you know, what a great time to go ahead and send a text to everyone say, don't drink alcohol, don't do drugs. You know, you just let them know that, hey, I'm thinking about you. Don't do this. Knock it off. So, I do that, yeah. and I send it with a funny meme because yeah. there's always something to go with it, and they'll be like, Mom. But it gets the message so, across, right? Yeah. Uh, what about you? Your kids are younger, but it's the same thing. Is Sometimes your kids want you to play with them and actually get on the floor with them and focus on what they want. Do you have to play Polly Pockets at your house? What's cool these days? Those were probably old school. What's, what's hip these days? Uh, anything. Anything that your kids are doing, and I think that's the key, right, is is if your kids are into it, get into it as a parent yeah. and, and and spend time in their world. Um, my, I've got a five-year-old boy. He's amazing. He loves to be outside. Um, I, I built him out of a couple of pieces of plywood and, and, and some two-by-fours, a little jump so he could jump off of awesome. his uh, his bike, and now he's doing it on his scooter, and um, he just loves being out there, but more than just him being out there by himself, he loves that I'm out there, right? I'm way too old to get on my bike and try to that same jump, and so I'm not going to do that, but I'm just out there in his world and playing with him, doing something that he likes to do. We can do that all the way up until our kids uh, have their own kids, right? Like, yeah. do things that your kids like to do. And I think part of it is being present. I found myself sometimes where I'm always half working on my phone. So my son will be like, come outside and watch me go off this jump or watch me kick the ball. And I'm there, but I'm not really there. And I think that's one of the hardest things we all have to do is really put the phone away, be focused. Because our kids know when we're not paying attention. I think I sometimes think that I'm faking them out. I'm here and I'm like texting and figuring out what's going wrong at work and then halfway there they know and I think they feel that so I think it's something we all probably can focus and work on for sure um one thing that I wanted to talk about it was a story that I saw we talk about how our kids are online so much and um lieutenant dad may have more information on this (laughs) but uh there was a recent story about a child who it wasn't here in Utah overdosed on drugs that he'd ordered off of snapchat or instagram or something like that um Alcohol is obviously the main thing that we're talking about and worried about with our kids, but they can get alcohol, they can get drugs, they can get those things without ever leaving our home. So I think right now we feel like this weird safe bubble around us because we are at home, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we know our kids are there, but they're obviously communicating with other people. Are there any things that you've learned from uh, both sides as being a parent and on the other end of the law of how to watch for, I guess, where your kids are having these conversations? Because someone's out there selling it to them. Right, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I just really, I, I try and be as involved in, in what social media platforms my kids are, are, uh, are using and, and communicating through and, and, uh, and trying to spot checks on them, you know, as often as I can, because I, I know that, yeah, absolutely. There are several ugh, more people than we know uh, are, are selling alcohol and drugs uh, through these social media platforms, and uh, and it's so it's so available and so easy to get. Um, it, it it really doesn't take much effort anymore. I mean, back in the old days, it was you know I think it was a little more difficult yeah. to get our hands on some of those illegal things, um, <laughs> and uh, and and it was it, thank goodness it was, but it's so easy now, and it's it really is a scary thing that. Um, we, we are giving our children computers in their hands to be able to dial and order up whatever they want, whenever they want. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, uh, sorry. And so it, yeah, it's, it's a scary thing. Um, 
that's how come that communication and those boundaries are so important. Uh, building that mutual respect between uh, parent and child, and and uh, and and really just being a, a, a good influence in 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 their lives, and and trying to help them navigate some of those t- uh, those tough waters that we didn't ever have to. Years I know. Ago. It's a new world, and I sometimes have to admit that to my kids. I said, you know, we didn't have social media. We didn't have these things. We just didn't have this way of thinking. So sometimes you have to admit to your kids you don't know what's going on. We have the old-fashioned Ws, though, the mm. five Ws. Let's hit those up and what we should be asking because we can all be interviewers and journalists with our kids and figure out the answers. Yeah, so so those uh, five Ws, we just really want to know, you know, who, what, when, where, and why, and, and – uh, if we don't get an answer that we feel comfortable with, then we might want to dig a little bit deeper and figure out the real answer because, uh, you know, unfortunately our kids, you know, they're maybe not always going to tell us the truth. Um, and it's, I, you know, I think back to some of the experiences I've had where I've been at some concerts and, and there's some places that I know <laughs> that cars pull up in the parking lot the kids in the car change their attire, their clothing, because they know that they're not allowed in that type of clothing in their own home. And they get dressed and ready for the event. They drink their alcohol in the car, and then they move on into to the concert or, 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 you know. And that type of thing happens so often. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And so, you know, yeah, they're, they're not going to tell us the truth. They're not, uh, you yeah. know, uh, all, 100% of the time. That's all right. You know, I, I had to learn the hard way with my parents as well, or, you know, and, you know, build that trust and relationship where I could communicate with them and, and they could tell me to knock it off and I yeah. could fight back a little bit. But, but if we don't communicate with our kids, you know, then we won't be asking questions and they will do what they want to do and, and it's not a, not very, um, you know, it could turn out poorly for them. So. For sure. Ask the follow-ups. Those are the hard things. I was listening to uh, President Biden's first news conference today, and people were complaining that the same questions were getting asked over and over again. And I think it's the same reason my parents asked the same question, is if you don't get the answer you're expecting or you feel like you're getting, just keep asking, and eventually, hopefully, you'll get the answers you want. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I, I, we don't just in this underage drinking campaign just say make a rule that's never been a part of it and every think, family's different yeah right Be, and and so let me again just touch on the importance of bonding with your kid monitoring what your kid's doing and, and setting that rule and and a couple of, of of key points just to make is is when you build that bond and it's strong enough your kids will be less likely to engage in that in in underage drinking they'll be less likely to lie to you about where they're going and what they're doing. And if you use those five W's and have that bond yeah. with them, and if they know you're going to monitor them, um, then they'll be less likely. The, the, the fifth one that we added is that will there be alcohol question there. Just um, ask it. Just ask it. Even if they do lie to you, <laughs> you've they asked know that it, you're paying attention and they know that you'll show up and that they, that you could show up and monitor them and check in on them and and see if they are um, in that environment and again you've laid that step you've established that foundation of we don't want you to drink we love you we're monitoring what you're doing 
but we'll come and get you if you're in a situation yeah. where you need us to. We are on your side. And I know we've talked about this before, but parents were sometimes not the coolest thing to have around, and our kids are aggravated with us. But I do think that um, studies show that our kids listen to us, and even though we think they're not paying attention or they're not listening, they want to hear from us, and we're one of the biggest influences in their life where we can say, please don't do this, this is important to me, and they'll listen. The number one influence in, the, in your child's life is you as a parent. Um, we, we ask a whole bunch of questions on some surveys that we do around the state, and um, we consistently get the information that, according to kids, parents are the number one reason that they choose not to drink. It trumps peer pressure, it trumps advertising, it trumps everything else. Um, they want rules and, and there's this thing in child development and brain development where like, it's like the bird in the nest kind of thing. They need to know where the nest's boundaries are so that they can grow and develop in those boundaries. And so that's another thing. That's another reason why, why setting those boundaries are important is so that they can learn to naturally grow in those boundaries. And then it's totally natural for them to push those boundaries. But again, that's where that bonding and that, those, that monitoring, um, those key aspects come in. Okay. All important things to remember, there's a lot of facts and details if you want to look them up. Uh, Parents Empowered, where do people go to get these um, things if they want to talk more statistics and numbers with their kids and really dig into it? Because some kids do better with a bunch of facts. There's a whole bunch of great information on parentsempowered.org. Also on our Facebook page, um, we have a lot of really, really cool social media posts that we throw out um, with with great information. Sometimes it is a statistic that we throw out, or sometimes it's a thing like, hey, eat together with your family tonight, and here's a recipe on how to do that. So um, follow us on Parents Empowered on Facebook and and catch us at parentsempowered.org. Very good. And I think when you do those social media posts, there's ones that fit with your family or your kids' personalities. I know my kids... uh, I believe they're both mine, but uh, they are so different. One of them's very scientific and analytical, and the other one's just fun-loving. And you have to talk to them differently sometimes and go about them, and sometimes statistics will help one, and a little more friendship and love will help the other one. So great information out there. Anything either of you want to share before we let parents go and dig in with their kids? Rob? Parents, you got this. You can do this. You can help we your can kids stay it. underage or, or stay uh, stay alcohol free underage. I know adulting is hard, but it's also fun and exciting to watch your kids grow. So thank you for spending this time with us. We hope you all have a wonderful spring break, and we hope that it's mostly snow free. Unless you're a skiing family, then we hope for snow, but only in the mountains, right? There we the go. The plan.